Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Jashin Mundy. Uh, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your story, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into your story. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on, Glenn. I've been uh, listening to your podcast for past year or so. So definitely helped me uh, start my journey investing in the U.S. But a little bit uh, about my background. I'm Canadian. Um, bought my first property back in September 2020 in Windsor. Um, and ever since then, I've always had in the back of my mind kind of looking to invest in the U.S., just made a lot more sense in terms of numbers. And it makes even more sense now with how the Canadian market has exploded. So, um, yeah, eventually made the plunge and uh, closed on a, a six unit uh, apartment building, residential building here in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. And so, closed on that in end of January. And I'm just kind of in the process of uh, going through that. Cool. So, uh, so maybe we'll go from the start. You, um, why, why'd you pick Cincinnati? You just find the property there? Or was there a, a reason to go for Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, I looked at other areas in Ohio. Uh, I definitely want to start my journey off in Ohio State. It just felt like in terms of pricing, landlord laws, um, and just kind of easier to, to drive to rather than, you know, across the country somewhere. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to start in Ohio. And then I was looking at some, some markets, looked at Cleveland, looked at Toledo, uh, Columbus. I was looking at for a while, but that was a little bit more pricey and then stumbled across Cincinnati, uh, started learning about it realize that you know properties are still fairly priced here um and population growth that's not it's not texas but it's still steadily growing over time and just the overall economy i was able to visit cincinnati as well and you know walk through the downtown core and some of the areas and just overall the overall vibe of it felt, felt safe unlike many other you know u.s cities and states where you gotta look over your shoulder all the time so just uh got a good vibe from it and went from there yeah, no, Cincinnati's Cincinnati's a great market. Um, so how'd you find this place? Yeah, this one uh, originally I was actually looking at you know, two to four unit small multis to start off, and this was uh, it popped up on the MLS, and I just knew it was just felt underpriced. I mean, it was six units at two hundred and listed at two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and yeah. obviously I knew there'd be a lot of work going into it, but uh, I just I just felt like I saw a deal and yeah. and uh, immediately hit up my agent and just kind of got into the six unit without really having too much, you know, I guess, commercial experience. Um, and so just jumped into it, put an offer and uh, originally put it in at 250. Um, and then we were able to, uh, we did the inspection, had inspection clause in there and found a few things that obviously need to be fixed. And then was able to get the price down at $240,000. Probably could have negotiated a little harder, but, uh, still yeah. a fairly good price yeah no that's awesome you have any uh how, how did this closing go how did, any interesting stuff any any stuff they had some pains or problems or anything that you know anyone else that was going to go do the same thing would be like oh that's interesting yeah i mean the the closing was delayed a, a couple times actually so we originally i got under contract on this property at like the end of october um and we got through the, the, the inspection got through that negotiated the price and then i was able to 
we were speaking with the, a broker who was able to get a lender interested. Um, they were offering kind of like a, a fix and refinance loan product. Yeah. So that was attractive. Uh, I was looking into that. We were kind of in the works of it. And then last minute, they just kind of fell through and said, wow. yeah, we're not interested to move forward. Bit of like lack of experience investing in the U.S. So that kind of played against me. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we kind of had to just like readjust from there and find another uh, provider and um, was able to get a, another lender in there who uh, was offered kind of a more long-term loan product, a typical fixed 30-year. Uh, so um, obviously yeah. it wasn't the ideal product. I, w- I wanted the fix and flip just because I could get in with less money, but uh, I thought, yeah, you know you what? Well, work and get all your little bugs fixed out. And <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Like a higher amount. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And then we were able to sort that out and, and um, go from there. That's awesome. Yeah. So you got this thing closed. Did you, did you get tenants when you bought that thing? Yeah. So five out of the six units uh, were uh, tenanted. So um, one of the units, the previous tenant had been evicted. So that was a project I started on right away to uh, fix it up and get contractors working on it. And then uh, we're able to get um, uh, three of the five tenants to stay. I increased their rents, uh, a bit they originally they rented at like 400 low 400s um and so i i gave a notice no typically it's like 30 days in ohio but i decided to give them like an extra month to just kind of work things out um yeah and uh you know typically in that area rents go for like 700 dollars if you kind of fix it up a bit and make yeah. it look clean like 700 800 but you know we we're able to get uh, a few of the tenants already who were already there up to 600 and then there's two tenants who uh, decided to move and so i got three units here um one is we just finished renovating uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we have it listed for rent and then the other remaining two uh, we're working on now. That's awesome. So I'm thinking like your project plan, obviously was to, to raise the rents to, to like, you know, bring your cash flow up and uh, hit your targets. Um, is there, is there more to the plan? Like, um, cause you are in a six unit. So you are taking, talking about commercial financing. Um, are you trying to go maybe decrease some expenses or are there any other stuff you're doing with this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, definitely I would I'd like to get a refinance plan in place once we've got all the units turned over. Um, yeah. Yeah, the interest rate that I have right now is quite high. It's close to 10%. So I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to refinance yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely want to, definitely want to, it was a temporary, in my mind, it was a temporary kind of loan product to get me into the property. But yeah, I definitely want to um, just speak with other lenders and see if we can uh, get a more favorable interest rate on that and hopefully a better loan to value as well. Cause uh, the, I closed with uh, basically 60% loan to value. So it's quite, uh, I mean, w- with the different lenders I've been speaking to, it's not insane to pay, you know, have like 60% loan to value. I mean, I've got 65 loan to value, so it yeah. seems quite common, but uh, you know, if there are any lenders out there who might, you know, be able to provide a little bit more leverage on the property, that'll be great as well. Just so I could, pull more equity out and then recycle it again yeah yeah if you can like push the push even push the value up move the leverage rate up you should get a nice uh, cash out refinance that that'd be awesome yeah awesome so anything else about this property i should uh should ask you about like what what does this thing look like is this like um you know for a six unit two-story or is it all one long strip or is it a whole bunch of different buildings or what do we what is it if you're going to look at it what would it look like 
Yeah, it's it's kind of like a funny shape. It's like a, just a, a rectangle. Like it's three stories, so you got two units on each. Um, okay. Pretty much all identical, one bedroom, one bath units. Um, so, in terms of like fixing it up and kind of picturing from a distance, because I'm doing a lot of these renovations from a distance, uh, managing the project remotely. So, um, you know, it's kind of easier to plan it out when all units look identical. So, yeah, um, yeah, one bedroom, one bath, about seven to eight hundred square feet. Uh, so it's it's in a you know quite quite street uh you know we're in the west price hill uh ohio uh, neighborhood which certain pockets can be rougher than others but for you yeah. know luckily uh luckily i got this property here it's in a quiet street it's nearby schools and you know i was actually chatting with someone who uh, bought a six unit just uh few days ago i spoke with them and, and they purchased theirs early in 2022 and uh but they Purchased to kind of re more remodeled, updated, and you know that one went for just over four hundred thousand dollars. So I mean, it's yeah. obviously good to see that there's some meat on the bone there. That, uh, hopefully, when it comes to refinance, it hopefully end of this year or later, early early next year. Um, hopefully, got some something to work with there. Well, yeah, exactly. If you can move your um, move the value of this property up by like you know raising the rents and stuff and. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what the cap rate is in, in Cincinnati, but uh, you know, I, I, I know what they are in Toledo and Dayton. And so you, know, you could probably fairly similar because Toledo, Toledo's just, uh, or sorry, um, Cincinnati is just down the road from Dayton. I mean, an hour or something. So it's probably not that much different, but I know Cincinnati is a little bit nicer. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, more stuff going on and a bit bigger. But uh, professional sports teams too. <laughs> Which yeah, is the professional sports teams—they're big about their baseball there. Yeah. So, uh, what, what's the plan going forward? What 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 are you looking to do next? When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com/coaching, a twelve-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. Yeah, I mean, uh, moving forward, I'm actually uh, in the process of uh, uh, selling the Windsor property that I have and uh, moving that capital over to buy more in the U.S. Uh, so I've got some equity built up in in the Windsor property at the time where I had purchased it for 280 and that thing skyrocketed to, you know, just got under contract for 470. So if all goes well, and you've got a lot of equity to tap into there and you know, just rolling it on to the next thing. And, you know, hopefully, uh, I'll definitely like in the near future, kind of raising more private money, just, you know, rather than using all my own funds, because there's, there's a certain line that, you know, it stops a bit. So you definitely need to, you know, raise more capital to kind of grow the business a little bit more. So, I mean, in the long haul, yeah. I mean, I like the prospects of investing in Cincinnati, especially Ohio for cap rates. And I think in terms of cash flow, if you look at cash flow, it's uh, not many better states out there. So I know a lot of people are flooding to Florida and Alabama is a popular state and Indianapolis is great too. So. Oh yeah. Lots, lots of place, good places, but like I, 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 I I appreciate the model you're doing um even because you're like you're looking to raise money but even myself whenever i'm starting in a new market what i like to do is you know do uh, a proof of concept with my own money first and once you have something you can show people that this is how it works this is here and you're not 
like your investors or whatever, or you're, you're, depending on if you're taking equity investors or even private lenders, they're not rolling the dice with you. It's kind of, been, you've, you've figured out the things, the, the first one's the hardest one, second one's easier. And then from third on, it, it just, you know, it just starts to get so much easier with the, reusing the same people, reusing, you know, all the same stuff over and over and over again. So, yeah, no, that's so, awesome. Did you have any yeah. trouble setting up your teams to find this contractor, your property manager, all your other pieces? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was too difficult. Um, I think managing the renovation from a distance uh, has been a little bit more challenging. So I think I want to um, find better processes and, and um, managing that that remotely. Um, so, but in terms of finding vendors, I mean, I've, I've realized there are a lot of vendors in the Cincinnati area who you know, are fairly good at what they do. So, I mean, I think if you search around enough and dig around a bit, um, you can definitely find them. But yeah, vetting them out, kind of building that trust early on is a, obviously a learning curve. And that's why I kind of, I'm doing it with my own capital in the beginning, because like if I lose my own money, it's not the end of the world, but you know, you lose an investor's money, <laughs> it doesn't feel so good. So, I mean, um yeah building the team out just kind of speaking with a lot of different people speaking with a lot of different property managers uh, contractors and i'm sure it's like a you know you're far ahead but i'm sure it's always a learning process oh, like, you're always learning anyone yeah. who says they're, they're not growing <laughs> yeah i mean the, you finally think you found a good contractor and then something happens and then you got to go find another one so i mean yeah. yeah it's kind of this ongoing process so um but i think overall it's been it's been good so far that's good. It is. This just uh, popped in my head because you said when you bought it, it was five out of six that were occupied, and then you raised the rents on all those. Did you get the last one? Was, did that renovation get all completed, and did you get a tenant into the the sixth unit? Um, so one of them, uh, the empty unit, we've uh, we've finished renovating uh, just two weeks ago, and so we haven't listed. Um, so far, it's not tenanted yet, but we have. We've got some. Uh, we've gotten some attraction and some viewings at seven hundred dollars per month, and. We're just kind of in the works of doing our due diligence. So, I mean, it's 700, pretty good. I was estimating between 700 to 800. Um, so, yeah, kind of right around where uh, where I expected. So, that's good. Yeah, no, I mean, that's good. Because, you're yeah, you're moving it up to market and getting, uh, and, and sometimes they don't rent right away because you, you know, also, you want to pick the best tenants, right? You, otherwise, you're going to have a new problem, right? Let's <laughs> do the, another eviction, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your, your next ones you're going to do, are you going to do Cincinnati as well? Or what's, where are you going to go there? Yeah, I'd like to, you know, at least uh, accumulate a, a few more properties in Cincinnati, just kind of build up a solid base there. And then, um, you know, if things are going well and, and you know, yeah. like the numbers, getting good numbers on it, then uh, definitely I could just double down on Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Um, if not, you know, I, I kind of do like the idea of being a little more diverse, and, you know, having kind of your foot in, couple different markets but uh, on the same token you know if you're able to kind of double down in one market then you could uh definitely you know build a strong team down there so i mean yeah i um it was like way back probably like episode 20 or something like way back i had like marco santorelli come on the show and afterwards we were just having like a, a conversation and I was like, oh, and he's like, so what, how's it, what's your business? Like at the time, like, what do you guys, what are you actually doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, I got some places in Huntsville. I got some places in Kansas city, got some places in Indianapolis, I'm like, here and there and everything else. And he, his advice was, he's like, you know, before you spread out, go deeper into a market, you know, um, be 
be someone who's important to the property manager instead of just a little guy to all these people. He's like, if you can have like, you know, a, a whole bunch of units with these, with these property managers, you're, you're more of a, they're more of a, get more of their attention when you, when you send emails and stuff, you're, you're more important to them than the guy that just has one or two places, right. All over the place or whatever it was at that time. Right. Um, and I, I actually went with that device with that advice and I started, you know, picking my markets, going deeper into those. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I have still have a whole bunch of properties all over the place and a whole bunch of extra markets, but uh, you know, going yeah. deeper into spots is really, you know, it's, you know, everybody you're more important to the wholesalers you're more important to the uh, property managers your realtors that everyone you're more important to if you have if you're doing more transactions in the same market using the same kind of people right yeah i agree and i mean that's kind of something that, like i kind of experienced because i had the duplex in in windsor and i was still kind of like the small guy i'm still kind of the small guy since then too but like yeah. you know when you only have maybe one or two properties it's true. I mean, it's not, I don't even blame the property managers. They don't take you as seriously. Right. Whereas if you have maybe 20, 30 or, you know, whatever X amount of units, right. Now you're kind of a bigger deal. Right. And you know, the quicker to your emails, you can just feel the communication be a lot quicker and snappier rather than they remember you know, waiting. Who you are. Like, <laughs> yeah, they remember who you are. And, you know, so that's, that's definitely like, I think having those, even with contractors as well and, and just, everyone around you, you know, they know that, you know, their relationship with you is a lot more valuable than someone who maybe just has one property and calls you maybe once every, you know, four years or something. So. Yeah. How, how often do you have to go see this property? Have you, uh, you set this up, you, you know, you mentioned uh, managing the renovations remotely, but it sounds like you went and saw it before you bought it. Um, how many times have you had to go down there? Yeah. So, I mean, actually I didn't, uh, I only went there to sign the documents for closing documents. But prior to that, I basically had everything. Um, I looked at obviously the MLS listing and then I had an agent as well. Who's, um, you know, once we got it under contract, uh, he toured the property. Also had uh, the inspector, you know, take extra pictures, videos, and he did a great job, like amazing job, uh, in terms of just showing all, the, all the bads and yeah, that's what inspectors yeah, do. Yeah. I want to all see what's wrong with the property. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they did a really good job with that and um, I was able to get in and, and kind of look at look at some of those videos and, and reports. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I I haven't visited the property ever since like we closed on it and um, I've kind of been doing a lot of it through email, phone calls, a lot of phone calls, uh, a lot of emails and just, you know, I'm trying to, I am actually visiting, I'm going this weekend, so just to try to check it out and show my parents as well because they've wanted to see it but yeah, yeah. Um, other than that um i haven't really i'm trying to set it up in a way where i don't necessarily have to be there regularly and i'm able to just kind of go in and, and more or less check in um every once in a while and just kind of show face and shake hands and whatnot so i kind of want to get it to that point so i'm trying to right from the get-go build it out that way um rather than me having to kind of constantly drive back and forth until I maybe one day decide to move to Cincinnati or something. <laughs> but until then, yeah, I'd like to kind of build it more remotely so that, uh, you know, I could, that kind of gives you the, yeah, that's the superpower goal. of investing anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, no, that's the goal is to uh, do it remotely. You not have to see these people and have the teams that uh, you don't have to do this, right? It's so much yeah. easier to scale if you don't have to walk these properties and, you know, um, you know, babysit contractors and do all that yeah. stuff. You can just step back that's the way you want to do it um 
if you could give any advice to anyone else doing their first property in the States, what would be the advice you'd give them? Yeah. I mean, I would, uh, question. I would probably do your research. That's for sure. I think, uh, in Ontario, especially if I know there's a lot of Ontario investors who are trying to invest in the U S now. And, um, I think you could get away with investing in bad neighborhoods in Ontario and you can still like <laughs> make a ton of equity gains and whatnot. But I think in a, in certain pockets, especially in, in the U S you're not going to get away with that. And so I think definitely doing a lot of your research, doing your due diligence on kind of what neighborhoods you're going to be investing in um, and, you know, building it out that way and learning a lot about the market before you know, jumping in and, and investing in the U S is obviously key. And then setting up, you know, your, your structures first. I mean, I had to set up kind of a business uh, entities and all that set up beforehand before I started jumping in. So that does take a bit of a time. You can obviously jump in and try to buy it under your personal name, but I've experienced some lenders who, you know, they won't lend under your personal name, especially the U.S. lenders. So just having things set up right from the get-go just makes it a lot easier because once you're in the thick of things, it's uh, very hard to set up all those things later on, right? And it's just a timely, timely thing. Yeah. And you just mentioned structure. Like, um, if you don't mind me uh, poking lightly into that, which way did you go? Did you do LP or C Corp or what way? What, what were you advised to go with? Yeah, I did the LP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I most commonly use too. Awesome. No, I was just curious because uh, there's so many different ways to do that. And even yeah, a lot of you know, I, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm doing more flips. Maybe we'll set up a C Corp. Oh, we'll do a lot more long term loans or burrs. Let's do LPs and depending on what you're thinking, sometimes different structures make different sense. Yeah. And like those things, like even <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. Like right off the top of my head, those are things like I just talked to, like, you know, getting off to a cross board specialist and just speaking with them about it and having them run through it. You know, it's like, I mean, again, it's one of those things, get your team to, to work on it, get the specialists to work on it. So Awesome. Well, Thank you for coming on the show. I, I do appreciate it. And I think um, there's a lot to take away from this because, you know, it's uh, it's so relatable to uh, so many people about what, you know, starting off and get doing the things and the transitions. So I, I think this is a, a really valuable episode to a lot of people. Um, people wanted to get a hold of you, interested in how you did it or looking for to make some connections to work with you in the future. Uh, what's the best way to track you down? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, just my name is Justin Mundy. Um, and yeah, Instagram is probably the main, main platform that you can catch me on. I'm also on Facebook as well. But yeah, hit me up on Instagram, more active on that. And, you know, reach out. And if you have any questions, feel free to, to uh, shoot them away. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. I do appreciate it a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Glenn.